And welcome back to a new episode of the Chefs and Preds podcast. We got a little week week six recap coming your way, followed by some week seven Preds. Uh, But first, let's introduce the group. I'll do it all again myself. Um, It's going to be me, John. It's going to be T-Press. It's going to be Matt. It's going to be Peter. That's right. Four strong, as always. Boys, how are we feeling? I mean, amazing. What a great week. My life, fine. The CFL, not as good. I'm really good at predicting games. Peter won week six, which is impressive. And I did not, I think that is probably the most impressive thing I've ever seen. John, you'd have to like dig into the archives on this. But is this the first week that Peter has led in Preds on his own? I would have to think not. No, that's probably true. I can't imagine. This is our fourth year doing this. But he oftentimes was a big, like, what is John picking this week? Oh, piss off. (laughs) You are never going to let that go. Yeah. (laughs) That has jaded you because I think Tyler, Tyler, and he's kind of proving it this year, feels that he was left to fend for himself in the first three years while Peter rode my coattails. Yes. And so I you think you were in the basement dwelling. Okay, let's, first on, of all, let's get this, right let's get this straight. I, I, I've been out of the basement for, I think, two consecutive seasons. So, Wow. <laughs> I think Tyler is more mad that Peter is not riding his coattails. <laughs> he feels that he is owed that now. You know, imitation <laughs> is the sincerest form of flattery. So, All right, well, we will work through these problems as the pod goes on. We're going to kick it off with a little week six review. First and foremost, it's going to be myself uh, talking about the debacle in Toronto uh, as the Argonauts defeated the Ticats 17-16. to um, Kind of a slop fest, but some fun action late. For Toronto, you had Nick Arbuckle going 23 of 37 for 236 yards and one touchdown in the air to DJ Foster. Arbuckle also added one on the ground. He did throw two interceptions, including one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen thrown in the waning stages that led to Hamilton's late touchdown drive. Rushing-wise, John White pounded that rock, 12 carries for 84 84 yards, 7 yards per carry. Incredibly impressive. And DJ Foster led the Argos on the receiving end, um, he's an incredibly versatile player. Excited for him to be breaking out this year. He had three receptions for 63 yards and a touchdown. Ricky Collins Jr. also added eight receptions for 60 yards. The defense tallied four sacks. It was They were constantly pressuring Dane Evans. He had no time. He was running for his life the whole night. Um, and Enoch Mwamba grabbed an interception, so kudos to him. Uh, for the Ticats, offensively, Dane Evans while not being assaulted by the Argos front line. He went uh, 19 of 27 for 192 yards, one touchdown, one interception. He did add three carries for 32 yards, which were all pretty entertaining carries. He was juking. He was lowering the shoulder on people. That was great. Unfortunately, took a hit late in the game, came up lame. He's going to be out four to six weeks with a lower body injury. Uh, David Watford came in late led the uh, Ticats to a late TD drive. STE was given the ball four times. Woo. Um, he, had, he added 28 yards and a touchdown. Um, for the, on the receiving side for the Ticats, um, far cry from last year. This, uh, today, or this past week, Tim White had 55 yards. Pappy White had 53 yards and a touchdown. And then Stephen Dunbar added 48 yards. Three rookies leading the way for the Tigats. And then defensively, they got gashed on the ground a bit. Um, didn't apply too much pressure to Arbuckle, but they held the Argos to 17 points, um, which, you know, that's no joke. So I really don't think you can hang any of this on the Ticats D. Um, I have a bit of a rant to get into, but I'd like to hear anybody have any thoughts about this game before I uh, share my big take on uh, this night in Toronto. Toronto is a good home team. I think they don't have a loss at home yet. That might make them the only team without a loss at home yet. Maybe perhaps, maybe Hamilton's wins all came at home, so 
yeah, Toronto plays better at home. Lost to Winnipeg. Yeah. Lost to Winnipeg on the road. Come back, beat Winnipeg. Lost to Hamilton on the road. Come back home, beat Hamilton. So, uh, yeah, Toronto play, has lost to these teams that they beat at home. So I would say that Toronto can get that one seed in the East. Uh, could be a good path for them to, all the way to the, the Grey Cup. Matt and Pete, any thoughts? DJ Foster looks great. He's a good player, man. He's an exciting, exciting guy. Got to get him the ball more. I, I Yeah, I just kind of think that um, Hamilton was in the zone and maybe Toronto has slipped into it where um, the, the, it, it, things just are not consistent enough oh, week yeah. to week. Um, I know we're going to get to that with um, another game this week. Yeah, which I think we can talk about that every <laughs> game this week. Uh, but yeah, it's just... Um, Hard to predict. Can we talk Dane oh, Evans? Can we talk Dane Evans for a minute? Yeah, we can absolutely talk Dane Evans. Getting a little bit banged up. He's out four to six weeks. Tough. Just when you thought. Just when you I thought. Know. So Masoli comes back in. I don't know what are we, what are we what are we expecting? <laughs> um, before Dane Evans went down and before Cody Fajardo got like tossed around this week, uh, Danny Austin, who writes for the uh, Calgary Sun, I believe tweeted out he was like eight of nine CFL teams have quarterbacks they can be confident in that's really great to see and then like Evans went down like 20 minutes later and it was a real shit show so I feel bad for him but it looks like David Watford uh, is gonna have the start here this upcoming week now I'm gonna rant for a bit it will be quick basically I want to talk about Hamilton's offensive game planning um, specifically their rush offense they tallied eight rushes this year, uh, or eight rushes this game against uh, Toronto, which tied them for the lowest number of rushes in a single game uh, with uh, Winnipeg in week three, who in their loss to Toronto. But realistically, Hamilton only called five running plays, um, one to Bennett and th- uh, four to STE. They also only attempted one screen pass uh, to L- Nikola Kalinich. Um the Toronto defense was keyed in on rushing like banshees the entire time. Dane Evans had no time to throw, was constantly getting hit under pressure. And for some reason, Hamilton decided to do nothing to mitigate this. Um, is Looking at the CFL as a whole, the team with the more rushing attempts has won 18 of 23 games this season. While success on the ground is obviously the goal of any rushing attack, right? Keeping defenses, like, even a little bit honest has to be reason enough to run the ball. So for Hamilton to not even attempt to act like they're going to run a run play for the majority of the game, uh, I think is the reason that Dane Evans got so banged up. Uh, It was disappointing and, dare I say, dangerous. Protect your quarterbacks. We'll talk about this when we talk Saskatchewan um, this upcoming week against Toronto, I would expect William Powell to get a lot of carries, uh, but that's my take. Run the ball. It is good for your quarterback's health. I'd follow that. John, that I'd, like, I'd like a follow-up stat from you maybe next week. I'd like to know what the teams that rush less than 10 times per game or whatever, rush less in those games, what their average yards per carry were versus the, the teams who won. That I would, I'll need to look that up. I do have like a, I do have a full spreadsheet of how many rushing attempts per games. Now, obviously, that's going to be influenced by the team leading late is most likely going to add a few extra rushing attempts. So, you know, that could be a tiebreaker. But you have Edmonton twice has been the team with more rushing attempts and lost, which doesn't shock me. Um, and then. It happened to Calgary in week one. It happened to Montreal in week three. And then it happened to Ottawa this past week. Um, But, you know, like I said, 18 out of 23 games, the team running the ball more has won. That's an interesting bit of information uh, I was able to find and definitely told me that in terms of just making the defense give a second thought to what you're about to do, uh, funny enough, is a key thing to having successful offense. So, I really want the Ticats to run the ball more this upcoming week. Uh, I hope they do. Uh, who is, I believe we've got 
Me. Peter. Yes, sir. Give us the some, banjo uh, bowl, baby. Give me some thoughts on the banjo bowl. I will. Uh, I'll try to be nice so Tyler doesn't lose his mind. <laughs> um, but I will run through the whole game just so I can remind him. The Edmonton guys laugh. Okay. <sighs> hey, hey, it's fine. I'm not an Edmonton fan, so it's okay. Um, but no. So Sketch opened up the scoring in the first quarter with a Brett Lothar field goal. Um, but then there, soon thereafter, Winnipeg came back with a drive of their own thanks to some big chunk plays from their unbelievable receiving core and Andrew Harris, uh, leading to a Sean McGuire QB sneak. <laughs> and I think we should call him the QB sneak god from now on. I mean, I think he's earned the title. Leading the CFL in rushing touchdowns. I mean, I, no blasphemy, Matt. I'm sorry, but I mean, he's earned that title. He's he's unbelievable. I, I don't know. It's, he seems more like a uh, QB thief Ooh, than anything. Ooh, wow. I mean, seriously, stealing touchdowns from and you as a Andrew I, Harris I I, coach. I, I am aware. I'm aware. You must be furious. I mean, I'm not stoked about it, but the, I mean, the man's. Why tal- can't I'm, I'm, I'm not going to hate him while he's up. I mean, the man's just talented. <laughs> Um, but yes, uh, Sean McGuire got his first of three touchdowns, and then uh, later in the uh, second beginning of the second quarter, uh, Sketch tied it up with another Brett Lothar field goal, and then um, later uh, Fajardo was hit by pretty much the entire Winnipeg defensive line as he was almost the entire night, and then picked off by none other than Adam Big Hill. Um, say that again. I What'd just you said say? Beast. Yeah, he's the man. He is an animal. Um, and then uh, Peg had a good drive of their own, but Mark Legion missed a field. Legion, dude. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Don't hate me. Hey, 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 hey. Don't hate me. Um, I had to ask the la- last week, but you know, at least I had the more love. At least I had the temerity. That's fine, dude. I was. I was I was one letter off. I was the I'm G. For, I was the G off. I'm for it, dude. Um, uh, that led to another Lothar field goal set up by a big grab by my guy Braden Lenius. And then on the next drive, another Sean McGuire QB sneak. Obviously, who else would it be? Uh, was set up by some big grabs by McDemsky and Kenny Lawler. Um, the Bombers led going into halftime 12-9. Well, let's talk about the fight. Do you want to? I was going to oh, save that for say... later. Okay, go on. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, then later on in the third quarter, uh, early on in the third quarter, big play let's in the get game. Some, let's get some uh, like opinions and thoughts. We, people can read the play-by-play. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I was just going to read the play-by-play. Finish up. I was going to just read good, the Peter? It's gonna Keep launch, going. launch into my thoughts after it, but whatever. You don't want to no, know no, what, what when they hit all their field goals, Matt. Peter, go on with what you're saying. I, Matt, duly noted. Uh, yeah. Okay. So big play in the game, obviously in the third quarter. Cody Fajardo taken down. Um, my mild concussion, it seemed. Um, he's he did back. Not have one, though. He did not have one, yes. He uh, returned to practice, I believe, today. Yes. Um, so that is a good, good sign for Saskatchewan as they take on a tough Argos team next week. Um, but honestly, after that, uh, Winnipeg really took over. Uh, McGuire hit the trifecta with another QB sneak, obviously. Um, <laughs> Calero started to get going with the big receiving core. Uh Two big scores to one to Darvin Adams for 39 yards, and the other to Kenny Lawler for 40 yards. Um, and I mean, the I mean the Bombers just looked like the best team in the league. There's no doubt about it. That defense just is swarming. They are crushing. I mean, yeah, they they it, cannot yeah, yeah. be stopped. Caleros, I mean, he's he's not terrible. So I mean, he gets the job done. Um, and I mean, is it, as long as Andrew Harris stays pretty steady, and I mean, en- enough can't be said for that receiving core. I, I think it should be said that the score was nine to twelve at the time of the ejections. Right. And you get two riders thrown out 
no uh, bombers thrown out, although Andrew Harris and uh, probably Nick Dembski definitely should have been kicked right. out. Definitely yeah. Harris. Right. Yes. Harris is, yeah, it's, it's not. Definitely I'm, Harris. I'm surprised That's, there hasn't been any uh, discipline afterwards. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, which, I don't know, part of that I think is them backing their um, refs by not, like, taking punishment into their own hands in the league. Um, but that, I mean, that's a clear turning point. You're getting beaten down. You're down. You lost this team last week. You have two defensive players thrown out. I think, like, after that, it was just kind of accumulation and waves pounding over the riders one after another, uh, which was unfortunate. This is well, a bad two weeks for the riders. Well, I think it's... Uh, people are really down on the riders. I've seen, you know, some of the power rankings that... Um, we're going out. I looked it up because I wondered what is the impact of the Winnipeg D line. And so Sketch gave up seven sacks to Winnipeg over the last two weeks. Before that, they'd given up four sacks total to BC, Ooh. Hamilton, and Ottawa. Um, so it's Ooh. it's obvious that there's something specific about. I, I think this win says more about Ottawa. Or sorry, <laughs> it says nothing about Ottawa. It says more about <laughs> Winnipeg. Than it does about Sketch. Yes, um, I'm a little and... I'm a little worried about Sketch because the teams you mentioned, you know, specifically uh, they're winning. They're okay. So Ottawa, write that. I kind of write that off. Like they should win that game. BC's yep. a good win, but Hamilton really didn't have their feet under them yet. So I don't even feel like that's that big of a deal. But I I think well, that's, I, I'm specifically I, you could talking do that about any sacks game. and quarterback pressure. Yeah. Yeah, so no. in in terms because that's really what we saw as the um, undoing the, the the base of the Cody Fajardo being the base of the Saskatchewan defense and also uh, William Powell having a strong running game out of the backfield. So to yeah. get that immediate QB pressure evidenced by the seven sacks in two games yeah. versus they when they were able to really get their offense going. Um, now, not to say that's not a problem. Like, if they want to win the Grey Cup or be competitive at the end of the season, they're going to have to figure out. Because I believe that at the current moment, the road runs through Winnipeg. Yes. So they're going to have to figure out Winnipeg. But I don't right now think it's time to quite hit the panic button. No, I don't think it's time to hit the panic button. But I think this. I think it's going to be interesting. This matchup against Toronto. You just saw Toronto. Um, have a really, really solid game from their D-line. So if this is a stiff test coming up this next week. Um, I think as far as Winnipeg goes, God, they're just, I mean, with that defense, the offense has so much lean, like the the offense has so much room for margin for error. Right, but and, the offense and is currently so, they're crushing. The offense so, is just so electric in their own right. Yeah, that, like, no, it's, it's, uh, they're, they're dominating. Yeah. Um, any final shots on this game before Tyler uh, shares his thoughts on uh, Calgary at Edmonton? I'm scared for Sketch. You're scared? No, Tyler. Tyler, I, I you know, I don't think if they let, lose let to the Toronto, if feet. they lose to Toronto, then yes, yes, I agree. But I, they didn't but, look that bad. They didn't look like they lost thirty-three to well, nine. It and wasn't. it also, you can, you know, maybe it's just two losses to the best team in the league. Mm-hmm. That, that's Scat. my thesis. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, hopefully so, the players think that. That's because. Well, it's it's going to be an excellent showdown um, against Toronto, I'm sure. Uh, one last note on our boy Sean McGuire. Uh, this season, he has ten carries for thirteen yards, five touchdowns. He's averaging <laughs> one point three yards per carry. <laughs> what an absolute legend! so we're gonna have the sean mcguire tracker now every week yeah um Tyler... no, more than that though he's averaging 0.5 touchdowns per carry he's so efficient it's oh incredible. my god he's so efficient um t press give us your thoughts on uh, the state of the battle of alberta well again we had a big old muckety slop fest in the first half Lots of field goals, lots of drives that stalled out in the red zone. So kind of disappointing first half. 
It ended with uh, who could get the last field goal of the half, which was Calgary going into half with the 9-6 lead. Second half was much more exciting. Um, Jacob Meyer got in the end zone. Didn't start. Bo Levi with the start. Huge. So Jake Meyer playing very well in Bo Levi's absence. He's given the bench. We'll talk more about this in a minute. <laughs> I'm uh, excited. Myers brought in to run twice. Uh, Does run for a touchdown uh, early in the third quarter. Again, teams exchange more field goals. Then Bo Levi with a big old pick six. Uh, So that brought the game to 19-16. It made the fourth quarter very interesting in a game that really was dominated by the Calgary D-line, which, again, we'll talk about in a minute. Um, And then it was all Calgary the last eight minutes of the game. Uh, got two field goals and then uh, iced the game with a 50-yard touchdown pass to Kamar Jordan, who finished the game with a league-high 159 yards receiving and a touchdown on 12 receptions. He dominated, dominated, dominated the Edmonton secondary the entire game. He did. He did. He's so good. Kamar uh, Jordan is, is back. Uh, just just to so give some, good, some Dave Dickinson is a bad coach stats, even though he won the game. <laughs> of course, we're not going to let this die. <laughs> Another 12 penalties for Calgary. Luckily, Edmonton, not to be outdone, uh, also 12, but for 15 more yards than them. So 100, 125 penalty yards for Edmonton and 110 penalty yards for Calgary. Yuck. So the um, so thing you need to talk about here is the D-line of Calgary. Uh, gave up seven sacks in just this game. Uh, they just, every time Harris dropped back, they were coming. Uh, that included four sacks for Stephon Banks and two for Sean Lemon. Uh, just you, four sacks to one player is a bad is a bad look. That's tough. Uh, you gotta you gotta if he's if he's eating. You might you, say that you, you somebody didn't understand the assignment. Yeah, somebody <laughs> missed, and uh, <laughs> this is this was Edmonton's. Uh, you know, Ed, we've been talking about how Edmonton plays down to their competition, and I think they are a better team in Calgary. They once again played down to their competition. I'd like to comment on that, Tyler. I'm starting to think that Edmonton is actually, in fact, just a bad team. Um, which, That's a tough thing to realize. As somebody who's committed to picking them in every single game of the season, that's tough. The really the sacks really killed was because you look this again is the again second time the season Bill. the box second but the, but the box season. the box they, they're a box score darling because you look at it they are not though let me say what I'm going to say this is the second time this season that Edmonton has scored zero offensive touchdowns and this is the fourth time this season that they've and you know I shouldn't say it second time they've scored none and in four of their games this year. Um, or in two other games, they've only scored one. So this is horrific. Their offense, no receivers over 50 yards. I got to say, the, the whole, like, get the ball have. to Greg Allenson was a, was a good move, and then they just stopped doing it. I just, this is just not good Are the enough. teams of Alberta just badly coached? No, I would like to dispel that narrative. Well, I think there is a little bit of a discipline thing, because it just seems like, there's just some holes. Some guys don't show up for um, for Edmonton some weeks. Uh, like last week, I feel like uh, Trevor Harris had a ton of time. Obviously, he had a huge game in the air. Um, and then for whatever reason, he just was getting hammered. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a consistency thing. And I think that does come down to a discipline coaching thing. Bo well, Levi just... was wildly erratic in this game. Well, that's kind of a oh, double, that's kind of a double. That's... Twenty-two oh, of forty. For... Twenty-two of forty-one. Meyer has looked better, but hasn't won games. Bo Levi sort of lucks himself into the Calgary's best defensive game. Has a sort of ho hum mediocre yeah. game where he throws a pick six. What are we? What so are we? Week, what are we thinking Calgary about? Calgary did not have a sack. What are we thinking about yeah. Bo? I mean, he's a great player, just needs to ease his way back in. Yeah. it's. I think, like, he's probably felt the pressure of wanting to make it happen with Calgary was coming into the game one and four. Forced quite a bit. So, you know, he's just trying to make it happen, and they won. Um, I was ready to, like, I was looking at Calgary with all their receiving talent, and I was ready to have, like, a big 
statement about how they should like trade Kamar Jordan to a contender. Um, but I would think Calgary's right in it just like everybody else. Everything's too close to call. So I, I'm confident that Bo Levi Mitchell is going to uh, win Calgary games as he's done his entire career. I just think that he was just trying to make it happen on a bigger, uh, you know, he was just trying to, he threw too much. Maybe, maybe it motivated the team a little bit. I, who knows? Could have just get after it. Uh, Kadeem Carey finally over 10, car- 10 carries this week in his worst rushing week, of course. I know, isn't that crazy? That's how that goes. Um, you know, give give him 11 carries when he's struggling to, run, to get much going, but give him six carries when he's ripping off eight, nine-yard runs. Don't get it. <laughs> just, I simply will not understand Dave Dickinson's brain. No, he's your mortal em- enemy. Quarterback who is struggling to complete ball. Again, I think... I think Calgary's defense is the story. You really do. You've developed a blood feud. Yeah, Calgary's <laughs> defense is the story of this game for me. Yeah, I agree. Although <laughs> Edmonton did create their first turnover of the year, so that's good. It's exciting stuff. Well, you uh, you manifested it, John. I did manifest this mm, a la yes. Olivia Munn. Twelve first so, downs, though, not great. No, horrible, horrible. It's just I there is. Edmonton has not had a good loss this year. Nope. All bad. They have not, all bad. Their, their losses have all been soul crushingly <laughs> unimpressive. It, it, where you can like, I mean, God, it's just been horrible. And now with Winnipeg coming to town next week, oh, we'll get to that later for now, Matt, tell us uh, in, be nice, but tell us about the BC Ottawa game. So, BC scored on their first possession, then they forced a two and out, and they scored on their second possession. Ottawa did score again, uh, but BC responded, forced them to kick a field goal, forced Ottawa to kick a field goal, which they missed, and Lucky Whitehead returned 119 yards for Woo! a touchdown. So for those oh, counting Sheesh. at home, that's BC scoring on their first four possessions, and we're 16 minutes into the game. Uh, BC is up 28 to six. E. Mike Riley started the game 10 for 10. How, how far did he go? I know he was 10 11. For 10. So he got 11, 11 uh, straight completions to start off the game. Um, and I think for, and my note there is Riley was basically on vacation in the backfield. He had nowhere to be and plenty of time to get there. Um, he was just he could do whatever and he had a huge game and oh, uh, so four touchdowns uh, i think 319 yards uh did have a like kind of a lame interception and that should have been a, a fifth touchdown but we don't we won't worry about it um i think for me the big takeaway with bc is that bc is actually good very um, good they've got a great defense um you don't want to read too much into an ottawa game um, but it seems like the defense was really cooking. Um, but I mean, really the, the note here is that Ottawa does not have a running game Yes. before some big signings this week. They didn't have a receiver game and they, I don't think they really have a quarterback they can trust. Um, and I don't know. Davis was fine. This guy, I mean, all things considered, all things considered fine. And then, I don't know if you guys caught it on Burnham's second TD five red blacks players missed tackles. Don't even like had like a broken tackle. It didn't seem like I, I, I straight up. They just missed the tackle. Like they, they came in to wrap Burnham up and they were like a yard behind him already. Uh-huh. It was wild to see the secondary looked like they That's so many injuries had never played football before. Yeah. And yeah, so it was it was exactly the game. Now we didn't quite make it to. Are you saying this is some Bishop, Bishop Sycamore stuff going on? I have no idea. So yeah, didn't quite make it to forty points, um, but it was just it was just exactly what we expected. Ottawa is not here to play football. They're so bad. They They're suck. just horrible. Wait, no. so they, bad. They okay. They know this. <laughs> They do. They, they had a- worst rated pass offense in the league, and they're bringing in a number of receivers. They've got a. They've got. They're on a bye for week seven. Kenny Stafford. Kenny, most notably, yeah, Kenny Stafford, and then former Dallas Cowboy Terrence Williams. I discovered something. They also signed a rookie receiver T. 
Terry Williams. Did they accidentally offer Terry Williams a contract? I was contested. <laughs> That's what I, I want. said. Marcel emailed the wrong Terry and then felt like he had to <laughs> honor it. <laughs> honor <Yes>. it exactly. <laughs> I just find it odd that two Terry time. Williamses would be, get contracts the same day. I agree. <laughs> Seems odd to me. I, I would also like to talk to Terry Williams of the Edmonton Elks to see if he heard um, from the Red Blacks this week. Yeah. <laughs> just reaching out to all Terry Williamses. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ed, or Last thing for me. BC, were... most explosive team in the league? No. Ooh, okay. Dude, I don't know. Lucky Whitehead is I, I think they might be. Um, they are uber, uber exciting. But they've also recency biased. Their last two games have been against Ottawa. So I don't think you can say that they're an explosive offense. I mean, they're they're a great offense. I think in order to be a quote-unquote most explosive offense, and I don't know exactly who this would be. I'm at the point where I'm just going to say there's not a explosive offense in the CFL because they're obviously great in the air. But – there were you know, they only had what I'm looking here. Should say BC yards is on the, the second rated offense in the yeah. In the they have a great offense, but you know yeah. you, if you, if you run into a, t- a team that is cooking in the secondary and your yeah. um, your passes aren't aren't coming down, then I mean they I don't think they can really trust Shaq Cooper to be that um, explosive run game. Um, so I, yeah. I'm reserving judgment until um, they can kind of figure out the run game. I will say, I do want to note one thing. Yes. Uh, it was a great little gift um, from the BC defense to me. Uh, re- recovering a fumble, and then Mike Riley threw an interception, and then BC uh, got a pick six. So that was really, really nice for me. It was kind of late on a Saturday. Um, it's a nice little, nice little that. present just for it you. It was great. So. I'm so happy to hear it. Um, On that note, we have concluded our review section of the pod, and we are moving directly into the prediction section. Um, Guys, we ran a poll on our Twitter yesterday, at Sheps and Preds, and we have a three-way tie for game. Who hasn't voted between the four of us? No, six people voted. Oh. And we have a three-way tie. I hope, Bel- I hope the Belgian best game of the week um, between Toronto, Saskatchewan, BC, Montreal, and Winnipeg, Edmonton. So the yeah. first game we'll be predicting uh, will be one that not a lot of people care about, clearly. That's going to be Calgary at Hamilton. Uh, I will go first. I am going to take the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, simply too much unknown about the Hamilton QB situation. Um, and I'm not exactly confident in what their play calling is going to be. So I'm going to take uh, the Calgary Stampeders. Matt, what say you? For the same reasons, I'm doing the same thing. Yes. <laughs> Peter? Or Tyler? Uh, Tyler? Yeah, sorry. Hello? <laughs> sorry, I am, I am done. Uh, it's going to be Calgary for me as well, for the aforementioned reasons. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's this one's... Yeah, well, it's like I I would like to say that like Jeremiah Masoli is going to come back and yeah, but a, I just don't have know. A and I can't. But at this point, like I, there's too many yeah too many variables, and if well, I'm wrong, I've been wrong thirteen well, times this year. Watching, I don't give a wa- shit. Watching the way that these Hamilton quarterbacks have been beat up all year, wh- I would not be putting Masoli in there until he is fully healthy. Yeah, yep. Because what are you putting him in there to do? Just get more beat up. That would not make sense to me, uh, Peter. What are you thinking on this one? No, thinking the same things. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with the Stampeders. I think Bo Levi gets a little bit more comfortable too. Uh, yeah, I think that Calgary's only gonna get better from here. One would think. Yes. Okay. Toronto at Saskatchewan. Matt, what you got? It's a tough one. I mean, a very tough. Yeah, as of. Uh... Two weeks ago, these were this was the one number one and number two teams in the league. Um, I still think that Toronto is looking really, really good, um, but 
I'm going to have to go with the Sketch Boys on this one. I think the Rough Riders, uh, you, we know the power of Mosaic. The, don't oh, we? Peter? Don't we? Oh, don't, don't, don't we? Don't we know the power of Mosaic? Um, and I think the Sketch is going to want a little revenge, you know, and I do think that they're a strong team. Um, they got some good leaders on the team, and they're just going to be able to. I don't think that the back-to-back losses to Winnipeg are going to demoralize them, or at least I hope not. Um, so I think Skatch will take this one. T-Press, you said you were losing faith. What do you think? Uh, I'm also going with Skatch, uh, mostly because Toronto has not been a, a stellar road team. Their marquee wins have, have come at home. They've struggled traveling. I think they struggle again. Uh, I don't. I, Mosaic will even emphasize, or excuse me, even aggrandize that point, but... They do struggle on the road, and I expect more of the same. Pete? Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Sketch as well. You know, I don't think that loss to Winnipeg was as bad as uh, the score may show. Um, I think they get it, get it going again. Hopefully, Caleros ends up being fine. And uh, yeah, I think the I think it's a big game. Claros, for, I think it's a Claros, big game for both teams. Plays for or sorry, Fajardo. Um, I too am picking the Riders. Don't have a lot of confidence in this pick. Um, to be honest with you. Yes. Fajardo is taking first team reps. So that kind of is what pushed the scale for me. I was, this was a coin flip up until I read that report. Um, but as I talked about earlier, if they are not prioritizing establishing a running game or a quick passing game, this could be another long day for Fajardo. Sketch has got to take some pressure off of him. He cannot keep getting hit like he's been getting hit this season. We talked about this on our preview show at the beginning of the season, how Cody Fajardo needs to get hit less. So far, that has not happened at all. It needs to start now because the Argos will come after you. But yes. I still think that Sketch gets it done. T-Press, my game of the week, BC at Montreal. What you got, Tyler? Uh, I will be going with the Montreal Alouettes. Ooh. With the coachless Montreal Alouettes? Yeah, with the coachless Montreal Something tells me that his assistant coaches know just about everything he does about the team. So, uh, I think it should be illegal for him to communicate electronically with his coaches for this game. Is he, allowed, is he even allowed to? I think he is. He's to, he was, I don't know if it was being facetious, but I saw a report like him talking about how he's going to communicate with the coaches. I mean, I, I think he can call them. I think he's allowed to call them now but i think that should be illegal and they should forfeit the rest of their season and paychecks if it happens <laughs> so i actually why, why can they not like get him into like a booth first thing in the morning before anybody else is there isolate that room off and he can call the game from the booth i don't even think it needs to be that difficult i think he can like watch it on tv yeah there are ways he doesn't have to not <laughs> coach this game is what we're saying Correct. we can make this happen guys <laughs> I think it's going to happen. I think he's going to be, yes. if not like actively play calling, he's going to be um, coaching. Like remember when who is it? Hugh, Hugh Freeze advising. in the NCAA called a game from like a hospital bed a few years ago. Yes, oh Listen, totally, it'll totally happen. We have. But I think it should be a boundless technology. <laughs> let's let's not let's not overcomplicate this. The last time we saw the Alouettes, they were putting up fifty-one points, and yes, I'm looking forward to to hopefully seeing more of that in this game. Peter? No, I, uh, I'm i going to counter Tyler there and take the BC Lions. I think they are the most explosive offense in the CFL. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard. I'm a huge Lucky Whitehead fan. I've awesome. heard about this. I think he's great. So I'm taking the BC Lions. They're going to get it then. Matthew? Or no, sorry, it's me. No, it's you, Johnny. I have the BC Lions. Now, both of these teams' last two big wins that were have me all excited are against Ottawa. So, uh, maybe I should take that with a grain of salt. But I'm ready to be excited. These are, in my mind, the two most exciting teams in the CFL. Not necessarily the two best teams. Uh, not necessarily the most explosive. Not necessarily the most But n- nobody gets me more excited than Montreal and BC. They're fun they're athletic, their defenses are fast, their offenses are fast. I am putting a lot of stock in this game to be good. Um, and I have the BC Lions as victorious in this one. All right, so 
I think that this is the battle of the two most explosive offenses yes. in the CFL. That's right. I think this is actually the the crown of most. They explosive literally are offense. one in two in overall offense. Could be uh, the the winner of this game. Um, and for me, I think that uh, BC just has a stronger defense. I think they yeah. are slightly. <laughs> yes. I think they're slightly less explosive some would say, than uh, the Montreal Alouettes. Um, but I think ultimately the consistency of uh, the BC offense is going to, and, and the, the pressure of the BC defense uh, is going to force Vernon Adams to make more mistakes than, um, than he might otherwise. And so, yeah, I'm going to take BC on this one. And I don't feel too bad about it because Tyler said that he, when going on his own, was undefeated. Mm-hmm. That streak ended last week with uh sketch losing to winnipeg so i feel really really good about this one very yeah. interesting uh and our final game of the week which my will, game of the week and i believe tyler's game of the week as well is winnipeg at edmonton peter who do you got well i, th- I thought long and hard about this one yes you did and I, i'm gonna take winnipeg I think they are just going to. Well, that's uh, sad. They're gonna kick the the <laughs> living the living heck out of the uh, Edmonton Elks. I think uh, Trevor Harris is gonna get obliterated by that defensive line, and it's it's gonna be a bad day to be an Edmonton Elk. That's a distinct possibility, something that could happen, but it won't. Edmonton will win this game. Oh yeah, okay. And I'll tell you why, because they have to. <laughs> Scoring touchdowns consistently, finishing drives. Things These are they things have that need they, to start happening. Things they haven't done. <laughs> As a team, they have the second most passing yards in the league, and yet they can't find a way into the end zone. James Wilder Jr., most rushing yards in the league, zero touchdowns. They've created one turnover through five games. And these, now, and these are your reasons. For, and these, these are, the are all negatives. Yes. They are all negatives that Edmonton will turn around oh. as they defeat the best team in the CFL and come out with a win on Saturday. Elks are getting the job done. That's all I have to say about that. I don't believe you. No, I don't believe myself. Yeah, I'd like to be proven wrong, but we know that Winnipeg is going to uh, just hound the living heck out of Trevor Harris. Um, so... I, I Winnipeg's going to take this one. It's the Blue Bombers. They're at home. I, I think... What it, do I, you I, guys think? I would like... I, 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 I will say this. I'm prepping Winnipeg, rooting for the Elks, because I think yeah. the Elks being relevant makes the West more interesting. So, rooting for the Elks, prepping the Bombers. What do you think the score will be, Tyler, and everybody... Uh, do you think that 20, do you think 20, Edmonton can 20, make this close? 27 to 14. Um 33 oh 13. 33 13. That does I know I get I get Tyler's oof. That does seem a lot to um I just think they'll pull know, away but, at the end. Yeah. I I think I I won't give it a score. I'll give it a 17 point gap. Between wow. Winnipeg and Edmonton. Nice. I think that <laughs> 17... No, 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 no. That's the thing, though. Is Yeah, I mean, I think to win this game, Edmonton is going to have to score over 30 points. Which is asking an awful lot for a team that I believe has done that once this season. Um, in fact, they've done it, yeah, only once. They've scored over 20 points only twice so yeah it's asking a lot of the elks um the odds are stacked against them but that's why this is fun it could happen they could win and that would be a good thing for me so uh i would i would move up the uh prediction pool standings and closer to first place but yeah it seems like a long shot uh matt give us give us some fantasy i could fall in the mix (laughs) oh is is, yeah this is that's dangerous uh, all right, let me pull up my little I, fantasy thing. 
I did the, say uh, I am a uh, I am announcing on the pod. This will be a four and O week from. Oh Kansas. yeah, forgot about this. <laughs> this will be a four and O week, and you can count on predfection. Predfection, some are calling it. <laughs> Alrighty then. Has anyone updated their? I held off updating. Okay. My team, just so I wouldn't mess up this section. <laughs> appreciate it so um kind of a topsy-turvy week uh i had a huge game or a huge week behind um kamar jordan and brian burnham uh with 33.9 and 24.2 points uh and then i was also buoyed by uh the highest defensive score uh for anybody this this year so far mm-hmm. 17 points from the bc lions um, so I took the week uh, 107.1, and that's just the second uh, century this season. So Tyler had one back in um, week two. Um, following, Peter. Yes, yeah, sir. It's just incredible. Uh, <laughs> just, Come on, I, man. I mean, uh, obviously, got to talk about Michael Riley, 29.5 points. Um, the rest was fairly, I mean, just a, just an evenly spaced uh, uh solid turnout from everyone else but nothing too exciting um michael riley did have a huge game though and then in third place was john behind kenny lawler's 20.7 and uh Ed, like peter just kind of a normal game um otherwise uh 67.8 points tyler uh had a trending downward Trending Ooh. downward, had a big game from Lucky Whitehead, so that really saved the week, uh, as it were, 22.8 points. Um, but putting your points in a poorly coached uh, running back, Kadeem Carey, only 4.5 points. William Stanback did not play this week. Tyler. <laughs> zero, zero, Tyler. Points, zero points. And Sketch D also put up uh, zero, so 47.2 for Tyler might have to uh, start calling him Pete <laughs> I think I will say this about the lucky whitehead the fact that returners only get they get one point for every 25 return yards I believe yes that is total those are the hardest yards to come by I feel that's like. not true <laughs> dude they get like es- especially I think like now okay not kick return returns. but like punt return yards punt are returns, the hardest yeah. yards to come by yes yep. so um that's like Chris oh. Rainey, I think, has led or come in second in the CFL in total yards for like the last three years. And he's you can't have him on your fantasy team because he counts for like three points a week. It's tough. Yeah. So uh, our fantasy standing at this point, I jumped into a lead, uh, although no lead is safe. Uh, 431 points for me. Tyler held on to second, 408.1. But John is right behind him, 396.7. Peter nearly inched within 100 points of third place. He's so close. 296.3. You stole my line. I was going to say getting so close to the century (laughs) mark, man. So another big week from Peter. Could see him uh, within double digits of third place. Yes, we will. I guarantee it. (laughs) Another guarantee. Uh, I just, I'm in a tough position this week. Because I'm just gonna, I'm going to play all of my Edmonton players and just will them to good production. What a horrible but strategy! So bad, so far that has done nothing but blow up in my face. But big play VA is back, so I'm hoping for a big game from him. Even though I hope he also loses. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Rooting against my own interests, it's tough. Um, before we leave league leaders. After six weeks, uh, this is just so troubling. In passing yards, it's Trevor Harris with 1,481. Rushing yards, James Wilder Jr., 428. And receiving yards, yeah. jumping into first, Kamar Jordan. Kamar Jordan, uh, yeah. Who man. is revitalized and playing absolutely out of his mind. Um, so kudos I mean, to do, him. You know, there were injury concerns at the beginning of the season, and yeah. he slipped um, – he was picked in the 13th round. So what is that? He was picked 50 or 49th. 
Wow. Uh, in our draft, I, I picked him up and just, it was one of those things. I remember in the draft, you know, I knew there were injury issues and I remember John, you saying that if he can stay healthy, he was going to um, do some big things. And he has. Uh, so. Indeed he has. <laughs> indeed he has. Indeed he has. Well, um, does anybody have any parting shots before we tell the people to give us some listener feedback? I'll take that as a no. Um, so people, write us a DM at Chefs and Preds on Twitter. Send us an email to uh, chefsandpreds at gmail.com. And you could very well be featured in our listener feedback section next week, which I promise you is coming. Uh, and it's going to be really, really exciting. So apart from that, this is the last normal week of CFL football for a while. After this, we start doing Wednesday games. We start doing Tuesday games. So enjoy the doubleheader on Friday. Enjoy the doubleheader Saturday. And then get ready to embrace the chaos of three game weeks, five game weeks. God, this is a nightmare zone. Are you looking at the schedule? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, so two weeks from now, we are going to be doing a live broadcast of the uh, second half of the Edmonton-Ottawa game. So that's going to kind of be a little bit interesting. Well, how, oh, no. We're going to have to pred that. We are going to pred it before that game, and then we'll watch that while we pred all the other games. <laughs> it's convoluted. I don't know how this is going to work. No, I have no idea how this is going to work. Maybe um, we do a Monday record, but we'll have to figure that out. Um, this... It's going to be a mess. Chaos. It's about to get the CFL is about. Is it weird though that to get slumped. that we haven't heard anything about potentially canceling a the Montreal game? I just thought about that. Like Kahari Jones is is just as much around the players as any of the players are around the players. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what this. I don't know what the uh, CFL's protocol is, but I guess there hasn't been an outbreak. I don't. Yeah, that's. And he might, if he's vaccinated, then they have different rules, I think. He is, so that he, I did see that in part of one of the reporters' roundups um, that he had got double vaxxed. Spink, spink, the jab. The all right. Jab. Well, that is all we've got for this. We look forward to the games this weekend, and we're going to talk to y'all later. Peace. <laughs>